You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands. I'm joined this afternoon by Hannah Pinnock, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about the Villa women's side. So impressive on your uh, debut, Hannah, that thought you'd get you back on the show for your in the start 11 I don't know this is in the first 10 seconds of the show Hannah welcome back how are you not too bad thank you thank you for having me back good good yeah you, the last episode was well received so we thought we'd, we were committed to try and do a couple of weeks every three or four weeks we'd get you back on and, and chat about the Villa women we're here today to talk about the FA Cup semi-final on Sunday afternoon unfortunately ended in a 1-0 defeat for the Villa women but on another day, as the old cliche goes, could have been a very different result. I will say early doors, I caught about 20, 25 minutes of the game, so I don't want to sit on here and pretend that I know everything about the game because I'll get caught out. And first of all, you were there, obviously, at the best guard. Just give me your kind of overarching um, assessment of the game, <clears throat> a summary. It was about as difficult as a tie that Villa could, ha- could have had for a semi-final. Um, but, you know, they made history in itself by being there. Mm. Um, and it, it was a huge occasion, and you could tell that with, the amount of effort that had gone into, you know, with all the flags around the best Scott and, you know, a big effort to create a really good atmosphere. And they did exactly that. And fortunately, I think I think that did transpire onto the pitch. I did, you know, for large periods of the game, I thought Villa were exceptional. And Carla said at the South post-match, she probably thought they, they were the better team. Um, obviously, it was Chelsea that, that got the goal and, and stepped up when they needed to. But I thought first half was probably a little bit scrappy. I was a little bit worried it, to some extent, Chelsea were having the better chances. And in the back of your mind, you were thinking, how long can Villa sort of mm-hmm. keep this pressure at bay before Chelsea inevitably get the goal? But towards the end of the first half, I thought Villa stepped it up and, and were a lot more on the front foot. And I think it was Lucy Staniforth that had a shot saved, you know, sort of on the brink of half time. And, and they continued that into the second half. I thought they started the second half really well. And... As, as cruel as football can be, Alicia Lehman was inches away from putting Villa in front. I think everyone in the ground thought it was in. Carla Ward thought it was in. Everyone behind the goal thought it was in. Um, but I think it was tipped around the post. And pretty much from that, Chelsea got up the other end and, and Sam Kerr heads them in front. And I thought Villa responded really, really well to going behind. Um, I think it can be quite easy when you're up against teams like Chelsea to sort of go within yourselves and obviously it's a cup game so everything's on the line you you know you sort of got nothing to lose at that point so it's a slightly different context to a league game but with how good Chelsea are that you know for every player Villa put forward that's one less person at the back and with how dangerous Chelsea are you, you know they could have quite easily made it two or three but Villa were brave in everything that they did and and mm-hmm. some chances they had late on you're scratching your head thinking how have they not scored here so um, I think they'll be hugely disappointed with, with that because it, it was there, the opportunity was there and they were so close to it. But on the whole, I think they'll be really, really proud with the performance that they put in. Yeah, you mentioned it being a, a difficult tie for them at the start. Played Chelsea in the last league game, didn't they? Which is always a, an interesting kind of dynamic when you play the same opposition two games back to back. Now there's an international break that splits up these, but losing 3-0 to Chelsea in the in the league game a couple of weeks ago, you do wonder, does that have any kind of bearing on, on this result as a player? I'm not, I'm not a player, but I'll be thinking either I own one because they just beat us or I know how dangerous they are and that kind of sets um, sets you on edge kind of thing. I can completely see how it could have. Um, but I mean, Carla said that even in that game, they they already had one eye on, on the FA Cup game. So I think mm. given how 
big the FA Cup game was for them. I think their full focus was pretty much on that, um, and that was that was the big one. And they were without some important players for for the for the league game. Obviously, Sarah Mailing picked up an injury in the quarterfinal against Man City, so she missed the league game against them. And I think we saw yesterday um, how good she was, how important she is for this team. So having a few key players back was probably really important as well. But Chelsea, are Chelsea, and I, I was sort of hoping going into it that Chelsea might have already had maybe one eye on their Champions League semi-final and that maybe that could play a part. But ultimately, I thought Chelsea are the best in the country for a reason. And in terms of the the last game, I think it's is a very interesting dynamic when you play the same team so close together. And Emma Hayes was very, I think, conscious of the fact that it was going to be a completely different game. Ultimately, this is probably the biggest game of a lot of those Villa players' careers and probably the biggest game in Carter's career as well. So I don't think Chelsea for a second would have underestimated them or expected anything less. Um, so they were probably well prepared for, for the fight that they would have been in. The fact that Emma Hayes alluded to the fact that you can beat a team comfortably one week it can be quite easy to get a little bit complacent going into another game. So they were very aware of that and they experienced something similar to that against Arsenal anyway when they beat Arsenal in the FA Cup and then played them a week later in the Conti Cup final. Arsenal ended up winning (laughs) so and they lost the FA Cup game. So in that respect, the fact that they would have had that wake-up call earlier on anyway um, in the season against Arsenal, they probably wouldn't have let themselves make the same mistakes again. But mm. against Chelsea in the league game, Villa barely laid, laid a glove on them. So I think they'll be really pleased that yesterday they, they were able to go toe-to-toe with them and, and really compete. Yeah, it's almost like a, a bittersweet feeling, isn't it? Because I partly want to ask you about like how proud the players were and, and still what an achievement is to get as far as they did. On the other hand, to have the chances they did and be in with a shot up until the very end. It's heartbreaking at the same time, isn't it? Absolutely. I'd, I'd be really interested to see the X, XG stats on it because some of the chances you were literally sat there like, how has that not gone in? Um, I know Alicia Lehman had a few, Kenza Darley had a few, Rachel Daly. There was a couple of headers that, that you, normally Rachel Daly is so good with, so clinical with, but strayed wide. So particularly after they went a goal behind, there were so many chances and so many chances to to equalise and maybe take it to extra time and and then who knows what could have happened. But I think they will be frustrated because Wembley was so close and, Mm. you know, it wasn't like they were absolutely battered by Chelsea. It wasn't like Chelsea scored three or four and it was a comfortable win. It, It was a game that they were very much in from start to finish. So that in itself, you know, like I said, proving that they can go toe to toe with the best in the country, I think speaks volumes of of just how far Villa have come, really. So they'll be heartbroken for sure. But I really liked what Carla Ward said post-match about the fact that they'll be back. And, you know, it, it might be a setback, but, you know, you, you can trust that Villa will hopefully be back there and, and their time will come. There was a picture that I saw, I think it was from BBC, from obviously they were covering the game. I don't know if it was in our system or not, but of the Chelsea players walking off at the pitch at the end and all the Villa players got sat on the floor, head in hands, all those kind of things, the classic kind of post-photo that you see from somebody that have lost a big game, they put a big effort into it. Do you think there'll be any kind of hangover from today or will they use it as, from yesterday, or will, you, will they use it as motivation going forward? Of like, look, we were we were good there, we can do this, let's take that forward. I think it's a bit of both. I mean, literally at the final whistle, I think simultaneously every single Villa player just dropped to the floor. And Mm. I think obviously that's partly the fact that they would have been heartbroken, but also I think the fact that they they just gave 
absolutely everything. Like every single player in a Villa shirt yesterday gave physically and probably mentally everything they had. So to some degree, yeah, you could maybe anticipate a little bit of a hangover when you've given so much emotionally to a game to sort of pick yourself back up and go again. But I think that's where you sort of trust how good of a manager Carla Ward is that she'll be able to you know get that dressing room together and and pick them back up and they've still got a lot to fight for I mean there's five games left of the WSL season and and they're vying for that top six finish but now the fact that they are in fifth I think not that they'd be disappointed but I think there would be a little bit of frustration if they did lose that fifth spot in these sort of final five games so you know there is plenty to fight for in that regard so you know and, and they'll want to finish the season as, as best that they possibly can and I think if anything you know they will try and look at the positives and try and take the confidence from the fact that they really competed with a team of, of Chelsea's calibre and you know they, they've had games already this season where you might have anticipated a little bit of a hangover obviously after the game against Manchester City in the mm. quarterfinals, that go into extra time. And again, that was another game where they absolutely had to give everything that they physically had. They played Leicester the following week and they were absolutely fine. So, yeah, um, I'm sure they've got enough in it to to really battle on for these final five games and not let it sort of affect them too much. Yeah, you mentioned there about, you know, kind of everyone having to put a, a big shift in mentally and physically. If you had to pick one, put you on the spot, if you had to pick one standout performer, could you give me one? You could quite literally name every single player on the pitch, to be honest. But for me, I thought Kirsty Hansen was absolutely outstanding. I mean, she's she's been brilliant for Villa all season. Um, but I thought yesterday in particular, so much of what Villa did well came through her. And she had the beating of... Chelsea's Eve Perite and Mara Mialda on so many occasions yesterday the, w- the way she was able to just skip past people and you know some of the crosses that she was putting as well and she's able to create chances out of nothing and I just think she's an absolutely exceptional player and I think the BBC might might have given her I could be wrong don't quote me on this but I think it the BBC a bell. I'll have a look yeah, I think the BBC might have given their player of the match, which is maybe slightly harsh on Sam Kerr, given the fact that obviously she scored the winner, but I think that's just testament to how well Kirsty played. And I think I wrote it in my post-match talking points, but I think Villa needs to do absolutely everything in their power to keep her next season. Obviously, she's only on loan from Manchester United and no doubt they'll want to keep her. But she's I think she's become such an integral figure for this Villa team that whatever it takes, I think you've got to do it to keep her um, and make sure that she's still in claret and blue next season. You mentioned Carla Ward earlier and, and how and you like what she said afterwards about, you know, we'll be back kind of thing. You spoke to her after the game, pitch side, I think. Stupid, obvious question. I imagine she was disappointed, but how was she afterwards? Yeah, I mean, she's always extremely open and honest in post-match. Obviously, there, there was a lot of people there yesterday, so um, it was difficult to, to actually speak to her, but um, she was just so proud of the players um she refused to sort of single anyone out so like I've just said how good Kirsty Hansen was but you know Carla Ward refused to say that she you know she was over the moon with the the effort that every single player put in and um she is very I guess understanding of the fact that it's completely her job to pick them back up now and ensure that they're ready to go again but 
it's the type of manager that that Carla is, and and she said it so many times that players probably get so frustrated with her with the amount that she's always demanding more. No matter how good it is, she always wants and expects more from them, which I think is a good trait to have. And yeah, she, she she'll be extremely disappointed. But I think upon reflection, um, sort of when the dust settles a little bit, and they really like, I guess, look into it over the course of the next week, that there's so much positive things that they can take with it and. And I guess give them confidence, the fact that they can compete with the best and and hopefully that's something that they can start to do a little bit more often now. And regardless of the the outcome of yesterday's match, you know, just taking, I think you mentioned in the episode you did with John, the the job that she's done this year. I mean, if you kind of fast forward five games and say it's a fifth place finish in an FA Cup semi-final, if you just were given that at the start of the season, you, you'd have snapped people's hands off for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, they absolutely would have. I think I think she also said post-match that if you'd have given a presentation or showed the presentation that they would have given the players and staff at the beginning of the season of, of what they wanted, they'd mm. exceeded everything. So yeah. internally, I think they're in a much better position than, than what they thought they would be. So that's extremely positive. If they can get that top five finish, I think they've really then put themselves in a positive position moving into next season and, and hopefully they can just build on it Talk to me a little bit about the atmosphere I was at Villa Park for uh, the men's team's game against Newcastle and that was probably the best atmosphere at Villa Park this season and I saw the, the, the flags and things that you mentioned on Sunday as well and the support there looked great as well as it, as it always is uh, what was it like inside the stadium? Yeah it was fantastic I mean over 5,000 there and that was more fans than what was at Man United v Brighton in the other semi-final on Saturday so uh-huh. the attendances at, at Villa are no doubt growing and I think that will be in part due to what they're doing on the pitch and the fact that they are a really exciting really enjoyable team to watch so it's encouraging fans to come out and hopefully the people that did go out and and watch Villa women for the first time yesterday will will come back that's that's extremely important I guess some people might have wondered like you know maybe why didn't they do it at Villa Park and things like that but I do think particularly for the big games there's something I think anyway that is quite special when you've got a smaller ground but mm. a bigger crowd if that makes sense I mean yeah, 5,000 5, at Villa Park would be a little bit different to 5,000 at, at Walsall if that makes yeah. sense yeah, yeah. I mean it's a little bit more contained and things like that and there's more of the ground that's full as opposed to more of the ground that's empty then I think that that makes a big difference and that's partly why teams like Chelsea and, and Arsenal still play at Kings Meadow and Meadow Park, despite the fact that they've got probably the biggest followings in the league, is they've made those places their home and and they create a fantastic atmosphere every week that they probably might not necessarily get for one-off games at Stamford Bridge or the Emirates. So, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a fantastic atmosphere at the, at the Bescott Stadium yesterday and you know, I think that was a huge effort from the club and, you know, with all the flags and everything that, that was around and the supporters yeah. clubs as well that, that are there week in, week out and create a fantastic atmosphere and, and really push the girls on. I think it's fantastic and, and hopefully the, the crowds continue to grow um, because people say it so many times, it's a fantastic time to be a fan of, of this Villa women team and, and the more fans that they have every week, the the better it will be. Mm-hmm. You don't think it would almost be a little bit of a, I don't know what the phrase is, but kind of a, a darker turning point maybe to get to where they have for the first time, maybe entice new fans in for the first time or fans that are primarily the first team going, oh, 
the Villa women are actually good now. They've got to an FA Cup semi. It's a good atmosphere. They've played well. I've gone to watch them. I'll, I'll stick with them now. Like I support both sides of Aston Villa. It's not just the men or just the women. On that, I suppose, Christian Perslow there, speaking at half-time to BBC, I caught a bit of that interview kind of waxing lyrical about the side, basically. I don't know how much he's, he's read into that from, from your side of things and, and fans of the women's team, but to see that kind of connection between the men's team and the women's team is that it's... It's not about that. It's Aston Villa as a, as a whole. It's, it's one kind of club, not not two divisions. So to see people like Perslow there representing and, and getting coverage on the BBC, it's only a positive, isn't it? It's only a good thing. To be fair to him, I think he's... I don't know how often he's there, but I remember reading a couple of years ago, I think it would have been like 2021, but he was at like a pre-season game. You know, he's sort of made the effort over the years to to make himself known and, and show his support. So, you know, that's very commendable um, but I think reading what he said on the BBC yesterday and there's a lot to be positive about I really liked as well when he he was talking about the academy obviously they want to spend money and they want to bring in big players but you know they've got a fantastic academy and, and Sarah Mailing is is a fine example of what's come through that and, and how good they are so for him to show his support I think is is really important because some clubs you don't see that you know you don't really see the CEOs or, or the higher-ups of the clubs showing their support some clubs do some clubs do it better than others but I think for Villa to have a CEO that that wants to be there and wants to support them and Carla's always spoken really highly about the relationship between the two and the support that they're given and I think it's just very much a club where they're all on the same page they all know what's expected of them and they all want to go about doing it in the right way and building sustainably and and everything like that so I think yes yeah, it's, it's something to be extremely positive about and and hopefully that support continues and and they're backed in the summer as well financially yeah final question then what next for the Villa women? I know immediately coming up, there's five games left. We've got them in front of me. Spurs, Man United, Reading, Liverpool and Arsenal to end the season. Fifth place finish would be an achievement, plus the FA Cup semi-final. Long term, I guess, like I said before, about this kind of being a, a turning board. A springboard, that's the kind of phrase I was looking for. A springboard for, for future success. You'd like to think that this season, whatever it finishes, however it finishes in a couple of weeks, you look back on this in a year's time or two years' time and go, right, that's when Villa kind of got good and now they're bearing the fruits of the hard work that I put in a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think I said it, I spoke about it a little bit with John a couple of weeks ago on the other one, but it's so important that, and I think it helps that you've got a manager like Carla Ward that always demands more and always demands mm. better because there's less risk of this happening. But the WSL is such a small very unforgiving league and you might be competing strong mid-table one season, but the following year you could be in a relegation fight if you know you don't get it right that for me is extremely important um you know I want to be extremely positive about the way that Villa have progressed this season and I think they are without a doubt the best placed team in my opinion in the WSL at the moment to really challenge and ask the questions of the top four maybe not quite make it but certainly be the team that's knocking on the door Mm. um but that's why it's so important that that they they don't just sort of settle that you know they don't think we've made it now now you know now we're here you've you've got to keep you've got to capitalize while you're strong and while you're well placed and you know rather than just sort of sit back and and wait for everybody else to catch up you know they've they've made the progress now this season they've proved that they can get there and they've they've proved exactly how high you know I think they've got a massively high ceiling um, so sort of like I said keeping those big names in the squad when you think about the likes of Rachel Daly 
Kirsty Hansen being another one, keeping those big name players in the squad. And especially at the moment, I think, don't know the finances and, and how much money they do have to invest in the Villa team, but quite strongly say that for any sort of player around the world at the moment that follows the Debussau and can sort of see how good Villa are doing, it's probably a club that you might, you know, want to be part of and I feel like there's a strong attraction there and this season will only help that which is probably why more than ever now it's important that they capitalize on that and the fact that they will be a really exciting prospect for players that they might maybe not be able to attract the sort of elk of players that you think about you know Sam Kerr I think Carla Ward made a joke yesterday about you know signing a player of Sam Sam Kerr's caliber and saying oh we might be able to afford someone to lace her boots (laughs) (laughs) well that's funny on the face of it at the same time you might not be able to attract maybe or afford Sam Kerr's calibre, but there's, I mean, Rachel Daly is an example of a fantastic player, but there's probably a slightly higher market that I would argue that Villa can shop in this summer, given where they are in, in the table and, and sort of the project that they're on. Yeah, like I said, they need to capitalise on that and, and hopefully next season they've got to continue this. I mean, when you think long term, they've just got to make sure that they are consistently in that sort of top five, top six sort of position and and knocking on the door. Because like I said, you can quite easily slip down that and and find yourself struggling sort of similar to how Spurs are this season. You know, they're comfortably mid table for so many years and and now they've they found themselves in a relegation fight. So, yeah, that's that's the challenge now. And of course this season they've proved how far they can go in cup competitions so while they might not be able to break into the top four within the next one to two years they might be able to take that next step and maybe maybe reach a cup final so yeah that'd be great much like the men's team to be honest it was a very similar kind of trajectory if they they can't get into the the top two three four of the premier league win a trophy would be would be an amazing achievement for both with how the premier league's going this season i wouldn't be surprised if they'll do hannah thank you very much for your time as always it's been a pleasure and we'll try and catch up again in in the next couple of weeks if we can but it's a busy end to both the men and women's side so we'll we'll see what we can do if we don't catch up before the end of the season we'll definitely do a kind of end of season review or something with you and maybe get you me and john together or something and, and do a Q&A or something like that um, so thank you very much for your time thank you very much for, for watching this video or listening to this podcast and if you've got a question for Hannah and a future video and something you'd like to see on the Aston Villa women get involved in the comments below and let us know we'll be back with plenty more content I don't know what's coming up this week but we're firing out videos left right and centre at the moment so subscribe to the channel and you'll see what's coming up first thanks again for joining me Hannah and uh, yeah we'll see you again very soon Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your thoughts and comments. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa.